The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 26 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two true crime episodes of Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae. We'll begin after this short break. Hopping on the Western bandwagon, NBC Radio presented a semi-documentary based on authentic case files of the select 50-member federation known as the Texas Rangers. Screen actor Joel McRae was well cast as Ranger Jace Pearson. Given an assignment each week by Superior Captain Stinson, Pearson investigated crimes and hunted down the culprits. Tales of the Texas Rangers was an instant hit, a modern-day take on Dragnet with a Texas flavor. By diligently and methodically tracking down murderers and desperados, Pearson always got his man. Then, as each weekly case file was closed, judgment and sentence were meted out to the captured fugitives. Created and directed by Stacy Keach Sr., father to actor Stacy Keach of Mike Hammer TV fame, Tales of the Texas Rangers came to radio in 1950 and lasted until 1952. Time now for the first of two true crime episodes of Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae. In this first episode, a young ex-convict comes to town and threatens the life of a store owner who is found shot to death the next day. Ranger Chase Pearson investigates. Here's Blood Relative on Tales of the Texas Rangers. Listen at the close of this program for an important announcement of a change in time for Tales of the Texas Rangers. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. of the Texas Rangers starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, 
blood relative. It is 4 p.m. June 26, 1949. Will Bonner, proprietor of the general store at Stump Hill, Texas, is waiting on Mac Kennedy, a dirt farmer. Yeah. Eight pounds of flour and the bacon, Mac. Anything else? Yeah, a carton of cigarettes. Yeah. <clears throat> How about making it a couple of sacks of tobacco, huh? What's the matter, Will? My credit no good anymore? Mac, I think you ought to pull in your horns a little. Your bill's running kind of high. You get your money, don't you? Ain't a question of getting it, Mac. You stand to make a good crop this year. Unless you have to pay out, the better chance you'll have to get on your feet permanent, without no credit. Let me worry about... Uh, go ahead. Wait on him. Yeah. That's all right. I, I got time. No, no, I'll take care of you, stranger. What do you have? Stranger? Time ain't helping your sight any, is it, Uncle Will? Huh? Ben! Ben! Well, dang it, boy, you changed. How do you like that? Didn't recognize my own blood relative. Hmm. <laughs> well, Liz! Liz! Come see who's here. Well, uh, Willie Ann sees you. What is it, Will? They don't say nothing. Uh, fella wants to know if you want to buy some uh, perfume. Perfume? Why, land? No, Will, you could have told him that. What would I do with... Why, it's your brother's boy, Ben. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Stop tackling, Will. You, you know about your pa. I know he's dead. Oh, being glad to see you, Ben. I almost forgot it happened last winter. The pneumonia. Yeah, we tried to locate you, boy, but nobody knew where you was. Nobody would have wanted to know. I was in the pen at Huntsville. Huh? That's where I've been for four years. In the prison? Your pa never said... Well, nobody's business but mine. Well, Ben, I... I guess we can talk that over later. You want to stay there's a place here, I ain't boy. asking you for nothing except what's coming to me. I just want you to buy out my pa's share of the store and pay me off. Ben, your pa never did have a share in the store. You only worked for me. What you trying to get away with, Uncle Will? He told me he was going in with you when he moved out here. But, Ben, you knew your pa. He always talked big, but he never did have a dime of his own. You telling me about my own pa? No, we ain't running him down, boy. He, he never harmed nobody, but talking big was just his way. Look, I come to get what's mine. Do I get it or don't I? Ben... There's a bed and a job waiting for you if you want them. Your kinfolk, and that makes you welcome. But outside of that, there ain't nothing here that's yours. You're going to pay me out for you. Just hold on, young fellow. Let me go. Hey, turn him loose. Turn him loose, man. Reckon I can still take care of myself. Maybe can. Maybe you can't, Uncle Will. I'm staying around town to give you a chance to change your mind. I'm warning you. I'm going to get what's mine if I have to kill you for it. On the following morning, June 27th, neighbors found Will Bonner shot to death and his wife Liz critically wounded and unconscious in the back room living quarters of their store. The sheriff called with the assistance of a Texas ranger. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. Well... That's all of the story, just like I found it, Jase. You look pretty downhearted, Sheriff. Bonner, a friend of yours? I knowed him all my life. He helped me get elected. Hey, bodies in the back room, you want to see it? Yeah. You can stay here if you'd rather. No, no, I'll come. 
Guess you noticed the way the safe was cracked and the door where the killer got in. Yeah, professional job, all right. I uh, covered Will over with a sheet. Maybe I shouldn't have, but I... It's all right. Coroner hasn't been here yet, huh? No, he's on his way. Hmm. Dead about six, seven hours. How do you figure that, Jase? Rigor mortis just beginning to set in. You see a lot of them, you get to know. Nine o'clock now, that means it happened about two or three this morning, huh? That's close to it. How about Bonner's wife? She gonna pull through? Doc Woodson took her to the county hospital. Said there's a little chance. You've got a deputy posted at the hospital in case she comes to? Yep, he can take any statement she... Sheriff! Sheriff, I gotta talk to you a minute. Well, all right, Jody, come in. Farmhand works for Mac Kennedy on and off. Howdy, Ranger. Sheriff? What's on your mind, Jody? Well, I, uh, I just come to pick up some feed in Mac's pickup. Heard about what happened. Know anything about it? Not exactly. But I was in town with Mac yesterday afternoon. He come to trust some supplies from Bonner. What time? Oh, about four o'clock. I wasn't in the store with him, but when he come out and we was driving back, Mac said Bonner had a fuss with somebody. Fella threatened to kill him. He say who the fella was? No, but whoever it was, he took a swing at Bonner. Mac had to grab him to stop a fight. Where's Kennedy now? Well, he was out plowing when I left. We'll be able to get him by phone then. Come on, Sheriff. Let's get out there and talk to him. Dead? Will Bonner dead? Yeah, and Liz is mighty close to joining him, Mac. Better cut the motor on your tractor. Yeah. Sheriff, Will should have told you about that fellow. I should have called and told you myself after what he threatened to do to him. Too late for what anybody should have done. You know the man? Never saw him before, but I know who he is. Bonner's nephew. Fresh out of Huntsville, I heard him say so. An ex-con and you didn't say anything about it? Well, Sheriff, how could I know he'd do it? A blood relative. Wasn't my affair, was it? You know the man if you saw him again? I'd know him any place. Better come into town with us. Talk while we ride. Okay. Did Bonner mention his nephew's name? Well, he, he called him Ben. He will. Bonner had a brother died last year. Must have been his boy. We'll find out. On the way into Stump Hill, Mac Kennedy told us the story of the threat and gave me a description of Ben Bonner. I put a shortwave radio call through to KTXA. Unit 10 to KTXA. KTXA, go ahead, Unit 10. Request all units be alerted to look out for subject Ben Bonner, recently released from Huntsville. Subject wanted for questioning in murder of Will Bonner at Stump Hill. 10-4. Request special alert on all roads leading from Stump Hill. Subject may be leaving area on foot or by hitchhike. 10-4. Unit 10, clear. KTXA, Austin. Maybe young Bonner didn't run for it, Jace. He may be hiding out someplace nearby. Not like. Sheriff, if he killed his uncle, he'll go for distance. He killed him, all right. You can bet on that. When a man's life's at stake, Kennedy, I don't bet. Ben Bonner wasn't around Stump Hill. He pulled stakes and made a run for it, all right. We got the information from a woman in the crowd near the store when we got back to town. Her name was Sadie Wattle. She ran a rooming house. I rent all my rooms to extra farmhands, generally, because I don't have to serve no meals that way with them eating where they're working. 
So naturally, I thought this fellow was one of them migratory hands. Yeah, I... yeah, I understand all that, ma'am. All I want to know is when Ben Bonner left your place. Well, it must have been just around midnight last night. Everybody was in and sleeping, and the house was locked up. And, well, the phone woke me up, and it was for him, that Ben. Phone, huh? You know who called him? Of course not. I didn't know who he was or nothing about him, except his name was Ben. Uh, did you recognize the voice of the person who called? No. Well, please go ahead about the phone call. Well, I called him to the phone, that's all. Fine time of night to be waking people, I told him. Then he answered it. Right after that, he lit out like the devil was after him. You hear any of the conversation? I did not. I mind my own business. Besides, all he said was hello. After that, all the talking must have been done by whoever called him, because he never said another word, just listened a minute, then hung up and lit out. Uh, phone ringing in the storage, Ace. I better get it. Go ahead, Sheriff. Well, thanks for your help, Mrs. Waddle. I'm glad I'm alive to give it. Whew. I might have been murdered in my own sleep with an ex-convict under my roof. Ought to be some way we could tell them from other folks. A man who served his time can't be expected to carry a brand, ma'am. Besides... How did you know Ben Bonner's an ex-convict? How did I know? It's all over town, ain't it? Jace, the call is for you. Right there, Sheriff. Thanks, ma'am. Excuse me. Who's calling? Your headquarters, Captain Stinson. Hello, Captain. Got some good news for you, Jace. The highway patrol has picked up Ben Bonner. Fine. Where'd they get him? Almost to El Paso. Patrol car was stopped at a railroad crossing waiting for a freight to get through. They spotted him riding an empty flat. Freight, huh? That's a good thing they saw him. If he'd made El Paso, he'd been across the border into Juarez in no time. Well, he didn't make it. They're bringing him back to Stump Hill now. You'll have him there in a few hours. You getting the case against him? I seem to be getting plenty. Well, you don't sound too sure, Jace. I don't know. You look up his record? What was on his last ticket to Huntsville? Burglary, Jace. And that fits, except for the killing this time. Yeah, it fits all right. Like the executioner's glove. Stump Hill was five miles cross-country from the nearest railroad spur. We had time before the highway patrol would be delivering Ben Bonner. We sent Kennedy back to his farm. I unloaded charcoal from my horse trailer, and the sheriff got his horse. We rode to the railroad tracks. Now, he was smart, Jace. Almost got away. Lots of them almost get away. Sure made a lot of distance in a hurry. Don't know why you wanted to be sure he came this way to get to the train. I just wanted to be certain he cut through this five miles on foot. Proves he didn't hitchhike a fast ride and pick up a train further on down the line. Well, luck was with him for a while. He caught the only train he could have caught. You mean only one freight goes through here at night? Yep. Hotshot passenger clears first at about 1 a.m. Freight comes through about 15 minutes later. Slows for the grade here where he jumped it. About 1.15 is the schedule for the freight then, huh? That's right. Well, let's get back to town. Come on, Chuck. You look like that train schedule means something, Jace. It might. Coroner's report ought to be in by the time we get back to town. Hey, I see what you mean. If Bonner was killed between 2 and 3 a.m. like you figured... It'll mean his nephew Ben was on that freight at the time the old man was killed. Coroner's report had been completed. It was waiting at the sheriff's office when we got back. Well, you didn't miss by much, Jace. Here's the report on the time of death. What is it? 
between 1 and 2 a.m. Then Ben Bonner didn't kill his uncle. Even if he ran the five miles across country, his track showed us he walked, he couldn't have made it in time to catch that freight. Doesn't look that way. Bullets from Bonner's body have been sent through to Austin. We may get a lead from ballistics. I'm going to do some more checking around town on the... Just a second, Jason. Sheriff speaking. Oh, good, good. She did, huh? Uh, No, no, you stay right there. Goodbye. Well, Jace, looks like there's been a mistake someplace. That was my deputy at the county hospital. Liz Bonner regained consciousness for a few seconds. What'd she say? She said her and her husband were shot by their nephew, Ben. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue with tonight's case, Blood Relative, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. The highway patrol brought Ben Bonner back to Stump Hill and unloaded him at the local jail where the sheriff and I questioned him. But I didn't kill him, I tell you. Didn't he know he was dead till now? You said you was gonna kill him. You said it in front of a witness. Man, there's a difference between saying and doing. If you had nothing to do with it, why'd you run away? Because somebody called me up last night at the rooming house late. It was a man. Said he was a friend and wanted to warn me the sheriff was gonna pick me up for threatening Uncle Will. You scare easy, don't you? You bet your life I do, mister. I just pulled four years at Huntsville and I had enough. I don't want no more. Maybe I was tough when I went to Uncle Will yesterday, but... Last night when I got that call, I was scared sick. And you don't know who called you? No, no, I don't. You sure it wasn't somebody you served time with, letting you know he was here to help you with the job? No. Look, you've got to believe me. This is a murder rap. You can't send me up for it just because I shut off my mouth. That ain't evidence. Ben, there's more than that. Your Aunt Liz didn't die. She came to at the hospital. She says it was you who gunned her and her husband. That's a dirty lie. Look, if I did that, if I shot them and robbed the store, what was I doing on a freight? What did I do with the money? I ain't going to say anymore. I ain't going to talk till I see a lawyer. That's your right. We told you that in the beginning. All right, Sheriff. Guess you can lock him up again. Go on. Go ahead. Ranger, please. I didn't do it. Maybe the fellow who told you I threatened Uncle Will didn't tell you everything. Maybe you ought to ask him why there was arguing when I come into the store. All Ma- right, Ben. All right. Well, what do you think, Chase? I don't know. Let's get outside. If he did have an accomplice, the other fellow might be carting the loot and the gun. Might be. I'll see you later, Sheriff. I'm driving over to the hospital at the county seat. I want to talk to his aunt, Liz Bonner. Mrs. Bonner, the doctor will only let me stay a minute. Well, shot well, just getting up. Who shot him, Mrs. Bonner? Ben... Ben, ungrateful, wanted to help him. How did it happen? There was a noise in the store. Woke us up. Mm-hmm. Will called and said, who's there? Then he got up, went to put on the lights, but Ben shot him. Did he get the lights on? Did you ever see your nephew? No, but it was him. He said he'd do it. It was him. If you didn't see him, did he say anything? Did you hear his voice and recognize him? No, he just shot Will. I screamed, and that's all. But you didn't see Ben or recognize his voice? No, 
But he said he would. It couldn't be anybody else. I think you're wrong, ma'am. I think it could be. I burned up the road back to Stump Hill and got the sheriff. I wanted to make another check of the store and find out a few things about Mac Kennedy. Doggone it, Jace. You're sending your dogs at the wrong tree. Mac Kennedy's been Will's friend for years. I just asked if Kennedy had ever been in trouble. Never. He's an honest, God-fearing dirt farmer, and that's all. What kind of shape is he in financially? Well, oh, Jace, a man don't have to be a criminal just because he's down on his luck. Mac's crops have been bad. Sheriff, I'm just asking a few questions, that's all. Well, I'm sorry, Jace. I reckon Mac's in hawk up to his neck. Place and all his equipment, his mortgage. How come he can afford a hired hand? You mean Jody? Mm. Oh, he just drifts in and out. Ain't much of a worker, but he's all Mac needs. Migrates in in the spring for planting season, then out again in the fall after harvest. He doesn't work for nothing, does he? Mac pays him right off when he makes his crop and sells it. That the way he pays everybody? Yeah, it's the only time he ever has any cash. Why? Just wondering. Did Mac buy here on credit from Bonner? Well, I guess so. Why? You find something in the ledger? Come take a look. Seems to be a page torn out. The book is kept in alphabetical order. Missing pages in the K's. If there was a charge page in here for Kennedy, it'd be right here. Now you got something I can't fight, Jace. What a setup. An ex-con threatens to kill a man, makes it perfect for somebody else to do the job and set the jailbird up for a frame. Come on, Sheriff. Let's get out to Kennedy's place again. Only this trip, we won't be asking questions about Ben Bonner. There's one thing still bothering me, Jace. Mac Kennedy's never been in trouble. So how come we both spotted the marks of a professional knob-knocker on the burglary? That's been bothering me, too. And the more I think of it, the more I wonder why he tore that charge page out of the ledger. Why do something that would point right at him when he had somebody else all set up to take the fall? Just beating the bill wouldn't make the chance worthwhile. Not with murder, it wouldn't. KTX-80, Unit 10. Oh, this may be the ballistics report, Jace. Yeah. Unit 10, go ahead, KTX-A. Lab report completed on bullets used in the slaying of Will Bonner. 38 caliber, probably Smith and Wesson Police Special. 10-4, Unit 10, clear. KTXA, Austin. A minute, KTXA. Stand by, please. KTXA, standing by. What's the matter, Jace? Just got an idea, something that didn't fit before. That hand who works for Kennedy, that Jody. What's his last name? Jody? Well, let's see. It, it, it's Pelham. Jody Pelham. Why? I'll tell you in a minute. You there, KTXA? Standing by, Unit 10. This unit requests quick check on subject Jody Pelham. Repeat, Jody Pelham. Urgent. 10-4. Get back to you with information soon as possible. Unit 10, clear. KTXA, Austin. Jace, you figuring Jody helped Mac Kennedy to pull this job? Maybe. Or maybe Jody did it on his own. I want to know if he's got a record. What switched your thinking to him? He was waiting outside Bonner's store for Kennedy when Ben walked in yesterday and made his threats. Well, sure, he admitted that. Kennedy told him about Ben when he come out and they drove on back to the farm. Yeah, but when Jody came into town the next morning and came to tell us about the threats, he pretended he didn't know too much. Just knew that old Will Bonner had been threatened. Couldn't say who made the threats. Well, I don't get what you're driving at, Joe. If Kennedy told him, 
He must have told him the whole story about the threats coming from Bonner's nephew, a nephew just gotten out of prison. That'd be the logical way to tell it, and that's the way Kennedy did tell it. But Jody was anxious not to seem to know too much. Hey, sure, I see what you mean. Kennedy wasn't in town this morning till we went out and brought him in. Yeah, but when we got back, everybody in town knew that the man we were looking for was Bonner's nephew and that he was an ex-con. Sadie Waddles told us that. Only one it could have come from was Jody. He spread it around while we were out getting Kennedy. When we get to the farm, draw him out. Don't pounce on him until I get an answer on him from Austin. I hope it's the right answer. It may save Mac Kennedy's life. the farmhouse. There was a light on in the house, but the pickup truck wasn't in sight in the open garage. We left my car around in back of the house and went up on the porch. Okay, okay, hold your horses. Oh, Sheriff, Ranger, huh? I thought it was Jody coming back with the pickup. Where'd he go? He drove up north to Edgeville this afternoon. Said he wanted to get something. He ought to be back soon. Well, aren't you going to ask us in, Mac? Sure, sure thing. Make yourself at home. I understand you got Bonner's nephew today. Heard a couple of women chewing about it on the party line. We got him temporarily. What do you mean, temporarily? He didn't kill anybody, Mac. Hmm? You had an argument with Bonner yesterday. What about? I reckon that's my business. Yours and Bonner's. But he's dead now, so that makes it my business. Better talk up, Mac. Well, uh... I've been running up a big bill. Will was cutting me down a little. You admit you owed him money. Why wouldn't I admit it? I pay my bills. Any man says otherwise is a liar. Nobody is saying otherwise, Mac. You keep a gun around here anyplace? Yeah. What kind? Smith & Wesson 38. It's right there on the mantle over the fireplace. I'll get it, Jason. Oh, don't wipe off any prints. Stick a pencil in the muzzle and lift it that way. Okay. Pencil won't go in, Jace. Something jamming it. And let me see. Have to worry about prints on that. Outside's been wiped clean with an oil rag. Looks like paper jammed in there. We'll soon find out. I'll take these shells out and poke the pencil through. There. Why, it's Mac's charge page from the ledger. What's that? What are you trying to pull? Take it easy, Mac. We're not after you. Smell this gun and look at it, Sheriff. It was used, then reloaded, but never cleaned. Well, that gun hasn't been touched in years. Mac, this gun killed Will Bonner and almost killed his wife last night. Jody Pelham did it after you told him about Bonner's nephew. But why would he tear out that page and plant it here? So he could use Mac here to give himself a double cover-up. He made the call to the rooming house and got Ben Bonner to run. But he knew if Ben was caught any place and could set up an alibi, there'd be a second search. That's why he tore out the page and planted it here on Mac. I'm sure glad you know it wasn't me. If it was you, you'd have burned the page. That dirty little... Hey, here he comes now. That's the pickup. You want to help us nail him? I'd like to blow his brains out. There's a better way. Let him feel safe. Here, let me put these cuffs on you quick. Mm -hmm. Put that gun back on the mantel, Sheriff. Yeah, but are you sure that you... Like he says, Mac. Boy, I didn't know anybody was here. Mac, Mac, what's the matter? What are you doing with those things on? What's your guess, Jody? What's in that bag you're carrying? Well, I just uh, picked me up a bottle and a package stolen in Edgeville. Yeah, what'd you use for money? You don't get credit on liquor. Well, Mac, Mac, he, he paid me some wages this morning. What, you dirty little liar? Oh, I get it. 
I kind of wondered where he got the money. Now you know, huh? Well, when I got up last night and found he was gone, I, I sort of got to wondering this morning. You shut up, man. All right, Sheriff. I guess we can take him in. You better come along to make a statement, Jody. For sure, sure. I hate to do a thing like this to a friend, but I guess he deserves it. Doing old Bonner like he did. Yeah. I thought you'd feel that way. Let's go. You might as well admit you fired the gun, Mac. A diphenylman test will prove you did. What kind of test is that? A man fires a gun, the nitrate from the powder gets into the pores of his hand. Chemical application shows it up. Well, he, he washed his hands since last night, I reckon. Oh, washing won't get it out. Stays for a couple of days. Uh, you fired a gun recently, Jody? No, no. Well, then we make the same test on your hand. It'll show you the difference. Well, you, you don't have to do that. I, I, I don't understand that kind of stuff anyway. It's oh, too bad. I thought you might like to see how we work. Get in. Watch him, Sheriff. All right. Well, Austin ought to have that information I requested before, Sheriff. Yeah. This might bore you, Jody. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, Unit 10. This unit back in service. Been waiting for you. Have information you requested on subject Jody Pelham. What? What's that? Two years Huntsville burglary. Three years Louisiana State Penitentiary burglary and safe cracking. 10-4, unit 10, clear. KDXA Austin. Shut up this car. Let me get out of here. Watch him, me... Sheriff. Don't make me use this gun, Judy. You rotten. Never mind that, Mac. Here, take these keys and put the cuffs on the right man, Sheriff. We might as well have him there. He'll be wearing them a lot until he reaches the death cell at Huntsville. Pelham was tried and convicted for the wanton murder of Will Bonner. On the morning of December 6, 1949, at Huntsville Penitentiary, his sentence was carried out. Death in the electric chair. And now, here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae. Folks, Tales of the Texas Rangers is moving to a new time. You won't hear us next Sunday, but the week after that, we'll be back just an hour and a half later than usual on NBC, right after Theater Guild. So, we'll see you in two weeks, on Sunday, November 26th. And I hope you'll be listening. Good night. Good night, Joel. See you one week from this coming Sunday. Remember, friends, as Joel told you, Tales of the Texas Rangers will come to you an hour and a half later immediately following Theater Guild. Beginning next Sunday at this time, you'll hear Hedda Hopper's fine program. The week after next, November 26th, Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson will be with you again. A week from Sunday, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. McRae is currently seen starring in the MGM production Stars in My Crown. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Bill Johnstone, Joe Duvall, Virginia Gregg, Parley Bear, and Byron Kane. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott. 
And the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. One week from next Sunday, Tales of the Texas Rangers will be back with you immediately following Theater Guild. Consult your local radio schedule for time. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. And that's Tales of the Texas Rangers with Blood Relative, starring Joel McRae from November 12, 1950. Also heard in the cast, Harley Bear, Tony Barrett, Virginia Gregg, William Johnstone, Byron Kane, and Joe Dubois, with Hal Gibney announcing, as heard on NBC. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another Western adventure of Tales of the Texas Rangers for you after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, a pair of cattle rustlers are caught in the act, and when one of them is killed, Texas Ranger Jace Pearson begins searching for his killer. Here's Night Chase on Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae. of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Later this evening, great entertainment continues on the NBC radio network with such stellar programs as The Big Show, The Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, Theater Guild on the Air, and The $64 Question. Immediately following Tales of the Texas Rangers, you will hear The Big Show with Tallulah Bankhead and all of her guest stars. Today, listen for Vera Lynn, Jack Carson, James Barton, Tony Bavar, and Bob and Ray, along with Meredith Wilson and the Big Show Chorus and Orchestra. The Big Show brings 90 minutes of enjoyable listening, and then Phil Harris and Alice Faye step before the NBC microphones to bring you mirth and music in their own inimitable manner. Later, it's Theater Guild on the air with Dorothy McGuire, David Niven, and Roddy McDowell in the Theater Guild presentation of The Thief. And then, too, you'll be happily entertained by Jack Parr as he asks the $64 question. So keep tuned here for continuous great entertainment. 
And now back to Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Night Chase. It is 9.20 on the evening of May 5th, 1937. Sixteen miles north of Durham, Texas, rancher Jim Fuller and his wife Susan are driving up the dirt road which leads to their ranch house. Sure is a long haul into town and back, but I reckon the movie was worth it. It was a good movie, wasn't it? Yeah. The girl was so pretty, too. Uh, we got prettier ones right here in Texas. Oh, what's an old fella like you know about pretty girls? Huh? <laughs> well, I did pick you out, didn't I? Why, Jim. <laughs> Susan, if it wasn't so blame dark in this car, I'd say he was blushing. Well, maybe I am, but... One thing, I ain't gonna sit here all night letting you tease me. <laughs> Let's get on into the house. You go in ahead, honey. I'm going to take a walk down to the barn. I want to take a look at that mare's leg. Well, don't be long, Jim. I'll have some hot cocoa fish time to get by. Susan, come here, quick. What? What's wrong? Down there, toward the East Range. Why, oh, it looks like some men with flashlights. What are Wait they doing? Wait a minute. Yep, they got a truck with them. Must have broke down the fence and backed it in. Jim, ain't that where you got the heifers and coyotes? It sure is. I'll bet anything them fellas are fixing to rustle my calves. Jim, where are you going? I'm going to get my shotgun go down there after them. Jim, wait. If those men are rustlers, they've probably got guns, too. Now, why don't you phone the sheriff and uh, let him handle it? Well... Please, Jim. All right, all right, come on. Should have had them calves branded before now. Rustlers get them, I'll never be able to identify them. Well, maybe they won't get away. You stay out here in the porch, honey. Keep an eye on them while I call the sheriff. They start to take off. Now you sing out. All right, Jim. Operator, you get me the sheriff, quick. They still out there, Susan? I only see one flashlight now. I think... Uh, hello, Sheriff. This is Jim Fuller. I got rustlers in my place. Yeah, down at the beginning of my east range. Jim! Uh, just a minute, Sheriff. What is it, honey? They just started off. They're taking off now, Sheriff. Could you see which way they headed, Susan? Looks like they might be making for that road runs along the other end of the range. Uh, moving toward Farm Road 48, Sheriff. Yeah, I know you will. I sure hope you get them. <laughs> The sheriff alerted his deputies for pursuit of the rustlers and requested assistance from the Texas Rangers. Rangers Jace Pearson and Clay Morgan, returning from the case, were contacted by radio and informed that the sheriff had blockaded the south end of Farm Road 48. They were to set up a checkpoint on Farm Road 48, 15 miles to the north. Stop signs and flares are all set, Jace. Good, Clay. Pretty good spot for a roadblock, curve on one end, that hill on the other. Yeah, sounds like our first customer coming now. Uh-huh. Passenger car. Couldn't be our boys. Wave them through, will you, Clay? It's all right. Go ahead. You don't figure they could have cut off on another side road, do you, Jace? The sheriff said there was no turnoff between here and the ranch. Clay. Yeah. It's a truck, all right. Coming pretty fast. Yeah, just flipped off their lights. Must be them. They don't stop. Try and get their tires. They're not going to stop. Give it to them. Come on, let's get after them. Yeah. Could have sworn we hit a back tire. Might have, but they got dual wheels on the rear. Gonna be tough working up any speed with the horse trailer on the back. Give her all she's got. I'll get on the radio. Unit 10 to KTXA. KTXA to Unit 10. Go ahead, Unit 10. Subjects failed to halt at roadblock. They're proceeding north on Farm Road 48. Unit 10 pursuing. 
We'll notify all units. 10-4, unit 10, clear. KDXA Austin. I think we're gaining some, Jace. Sounds like they think so, too. Now, let me get that rifle. Jace, you all right? Yeah, I guess so. Two scratches from the glass. Sure made a mess of the windshield with that one. Hope their aim doesn't get any better. I'll see if I can spoil it. Hey, you did it. You got that other back tire, Jace. They're going over. Hold it, Clay. There they go, climbing out of the cab. Watch yourself. Yeah, they're splitting up, Jace. Take the one across the road. I'll get the driver. Clay? You get him, Jace? This one's dead. How'd you make out? Come on over. I think I lost him, Jace. He went down to that scrub. Yeah, he could have headed anywhere from there. He can't be too far away. You keep after him. I'll go back and unload the horses. Catch up with you in a few minutes. Who, Charky? Who, Dan? Who, boy? Who? Larry? Yeah, Jace. Over here. Here's your horse. Thanks. How you making out? Oh, some tracks. Not very clear. Ground's too rocky. From what I could follow with my flash coming down here, he headed along the bottom of this gully. I lost the trail just before I got to you. Yeah, this rocky ground makes night trailing rough. Uh-huh. Now, wait a minute. Ooh, ooh. What is it, Jace? Over there, that shack. Yeah, no lights. Could be worth taking a look. Let's go. Yeah, boy. Come on, come on, Chucky. If he's not around there, chances are we won't get him tonight. No, but maybe whoever lives in the shack heard him go by. Might get a line on his direction. What if we don't? Now we'll go back and see what we can find out about the dead man. The truck ought to tell us something, too. Hey, did you hear the way those calves were bawling? Yeah. Some of them got hurt when the truck turned over. Poor devils. Ooh, ooh, Charky. Ooh, Dan. Ooh, boy. Ooh. Not a sound. Think it could be inside, Jason? It could be. You stay here and cover me while I go up to the door. Sure. Si, senor. Texas Rangers. You here alone? Si, si, I'm alone. Uh, you forgive I'm not dressed, but I was asleep. We'd like to come in for a few minutes, if you don't mind. Oh, si, si, senor. Por favor, come in, please. It's all right, Clay. Come on. All right. I just make the light in the lantern, huh? Hey, un momento, senor. That's better, no? Yeah. You been here all evening? Oh, si, si, senor, I'm here. This is my house. T Tonight I'm tired and I, I, I go to sleep early. We're looking for a man. We think he might have come this way. A man? What does he look like, senor? Yeah, we don't know yet. But he stole some cattle from a ranch down a piece. Yeah, that's too bad. Did you see anybody pass here tonight? Oh, no, senor, no, nobody. There any noises outside? Noises? No, nobody but you. All right. Come on, Clay. You, you gonna go now, senor? And yeah, we'll be back in the morning to pick up our man's trail. You better keep your door locked tonight. Si, si, senor. Adios, senores. Adios. You can come out now. They're gone, senor. You did real good, Pepe. I'm proud of you. Oh, see, si, see, si, I do just what you tell me, senor, because I'm so scared. Yeah, the right to be. If you'd have said one word, I'd have blown your head off. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you heard me. I, I told them nothing. Uh-huh. You told them nothing. 
Sí, sí, now, now you go, señora. Please, they, they come back tomorrow. Yeah. And you're gonna forget you ever saw me. Oh, sí, sí, señora. I, I don't tell them. I, I forget everything. Sure, Pepe. You said it just right. You're gonna forget everything. <laughs> Evening. My name's Jim Fuller. Sheriff asked me to tell you he went to fetch J.P. You the man whose cattle were stolen? Yeah, I got most of them rounded up again, though, except for one ahead shoot because he was hurt too bad. You didn't touch anything on the truck, did you? No, no. Highway patrol wouldn't let nobody touch nothing. Want to start with the dead man, Jase? Yeah, might as well check the truck first as long as we're up here. We'll see you later, Mr. Fuller. You sure, Angie? Notice anything funny about the truck, Clay? Yeah, no license plates. Want to check the chassis number? I'll try the motor. Sure. couple of shells from an automatic on the ground. That'll be some help. How about the chassis number? The seal plate's been taken off. I figured it would be. Come here and take a look. What'd you find? Oh, motor number chiseled off. Sure went to a lot of trouble. Get a lab crew up here. Have them work it over. You think they'll be able to bring out the number with acid? Either that or by heating it hot enough so the number shows. Sometimes that works better. Well, we better go see if the dead man has any kind of identification. Yeah. But I got a hunch he won't. Yeah, they must have planned this pretty careful. And for a long time, motor number wasn't taken off yesterday. Body's over at the left, Clay. Yeah, there's one rustler who won't try a second job. I'd like to make sure his partner won't either. Yeah. Here's his gun. Old one. 38 Colt revolver. Yeah, that means the other man had the automatic. Check his pockets, Clay. I'll hold the light. All right. Little bit of change. Cigarette. Yeah, it looks like your hunch was right, Jase. Nothing, huh? Mm-mm. Well, what's our next step? We're ready for the lab crew, then as soon as it's light, we'll head back to that gully and start tracking again. At dawn, we retraced our steps of the night before. Even in daylight, the rocky terrain made it difficult to pick up a trail. We split up and began crisscrossing the area. Forty minutes later, Clay called me. Hey, Jase! What'd you find, Clay? Ooh, boot charges. These tracks, Jase. Pretty clear ones. Uh-huh. Line them up. Look like they lead from any place special? Yeah, the Mexican shack. That's right over there. Have another talk with him. Get up, Charlie. Come on. You figure our rustler could have been there sometime last night? There's a well by the front door. He might have been pretty thirsty from running. Could be he stopped for a drink. Might be some fingerprints handy if he did. That's what I'm hoping. Doesn't look like the Mexican's awake yet. Maybe he's still inside, scared to come out. Who? Who, Charky? Oh, boy. Ooh. Clay, through that window. Yeah. Funny he'd have a lantern burning in broad daylight. And even funnier, he let it smoke that way. Come on. He might be out somewhere. But he wouldn't leave that lantern burning. Come on, let's go in. Jase, in the corner. Yeah. Our Mexican friend, shot to death. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Jace Pearson. Most of us know that the regular purchase of United States defense bonds is the safest and surest way to save. 
But as we begin this new year, it's a good time to check up and ask, are you buying as many defense bonds as you should regularly? Set up a plan for buying bonds right through the year. That's the practical way to make sure that you actually do buy bonds instead of just thinking about it. One way is to join the payroll savings plan where you work. Ask your employer to set aside a certain sum from each paycheck and invest it in defense bonds for you. If you're not on a payroll, join the bond-a-month plan at your bank. Ask your bank to charge a certain amount against your checking account each month. They'll use that amount to purchase bonds which will be sent to you regularly. No matter what plan you use, be sure to buy defense bonds systematically. That's the sure, sensible way to save. And it benefits both you and your country. And now back to the Texas Rangers. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Night Chase. An automatic shell on the floor of the shack indicated that the rustler we were after had shot the Mexican. We followed the killer's tracks to the main highway four miles north where they ended. Then we went back to town. A lab crew was able to bring out the motor number on the truck by heat process. By mid-morning, we traced ownership of the truck to Harry Crowley, a tenant rancher whose place was near Fillmore, 30 miles east of the crime. Shortly before noon, we were approaching the Crowley Ranch. Chase? Uh-huh. You're still thinking about the Mexican, aren't you? Uh-huh. Well, it was something that couldn't be helped. Mm, maybe not. You really think our man was hiding in the closet the whole time we were there? He must have been. There's no other reason why he'd shoot him. A man running away doesn't stop off in a lonely shack to commit murder just to pass the time. Yeah, well, you could be right. But if he was there, that'd make the dead man an awful good actor. Mm, he probably thought it was the only way to save his life. Too bad he was so convincing. Here's the Crowley Ranch, Jase. Yeah. Sure hope we find something here. This is one killer I want to settle with personally and soon. Well, we can be pretty sure this Crowley was one of the two rustlers. We'll have to find out if he's the killer or the one I got. Somebody. Watch it. Yeah? Mrs. Crowley? Yeah? We're Texas Rangers. We'd like to talk to you. Can we come in? All right. Give me that photo, Clay. Thanks. Did you ever see this man before? Well, that's my husband. What happened to him? I'm afraid I got bad news for you, ma'am. Your husband was caught rustling cattle last night. He was killed. Killed? I'm sorry, ma'am. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it all along. Maybe you better sit down, ma'am. I don't want to sit down. I kept telling Harry, you got a ranch and a wife, you got to take care of us both. Not him. He had to keep thinking up big ideas to make easy money. But now he's got just what I told him he'd get. How long was your husband mixed up in cattle rustling? How would I know? He never told me nothing. Always away from the ranch, leaving all the work for me. Uh, we're looking for another man who was with him last night. You know of any people he went around with? No. Didn't he ever bring friends out here to the ranch? Him? He was hardly ever here himself. When he was, he just spent his time jawing about all the big things he was going to do. He was going to be rich, Harry was. <laughs> him, rich. All right, ma'am, we'll be going now. But we'd appreciate it if you'd stay here. We'll send somebody around to pick you up this afternoon. Pick me up? What for? You'll have to go over to Durham and identify your husband's body. By the way, ma'am, you have a phone here? 
phone. We can't afford no phone. Thanks, ma'am. There's something fishy about this, Jace. She didn't seem at all surprised when we said her husband was dead. I know. Did you notice her eyes? Red and swollen like she'd been crying for hours. Think she already knew about her husband being dead? Could be. There's only one man who could have told her. Our killer. Well, suppose she does know something she didn't tell us. How do we find out? She has some connection with Crowley's partner. She'll want to tell him we're on his trail. Well, there's no phone in the house. You'd have to use that jalopy over there to get to him. Pull over that hill, Clay. Or we can watch the house without being seen. If she goes somewhere, we're going to be right behind her. Our hunch paid off. Twenty minutes later, Mrs. Crowley left the house and drove to town. We followed. She stopped at the hardware store and went in. When she came out again, a man walked with her to the car, talking urgently. Then he went back into the store. We let Mrs. Crowley drive a little way down the street before we told her to pull over to the curb. What you want now? Cut your engine, ma'am. I thought we told you to stay home. I wanted to come in and tell my brother about Harry. That's your brother you were talking to outside the hardware store? Yeah. We'll go have a talk with him. You stay right here, ma'am. And this time, do what we say. We might be on to something, Chief. Yeah, maybe. We only got suspicions to go on so far. We got to have more than that. Be with you in a second, Ranger, as soon as I get this can of paint out. Yeah. Now, what can I do for you? I'm Ranger Pearson. This is Ranger Morgan. Well, I'm glad to know you, Rangers. My name's Holden, Al Holden. Your sister told us she broke the news to you about her husband. How did you... You started to say something, Mr. Holden. No, no, I was just surprised. Ruth only left here a couple of minutes ago. Awful thing about Harry. Terrible. You know anybody Harry was running around with? Somebody who could have been his partner on this job? Partner? No. Well, can you give us the names of any of his friends? I'd like to help, Ranger, but I don't reckon I know of anybody Harry ran with. I see. You mind telling us where you were last night, Mr. Holden? Me? Why, I... Look, Ranger, you think I was mixed up in this? That's just a routine question. Where were you? Out to the ranch, whole evening. Any special reason you were there the whole evening? Well, sure, I lived there. Didn't my sister tell you that? Mr. Holden, do you have a gun? No, I never have owned one. Lots of pretty guns in that rack over there. Seems like a man who sells guns would have one for himself. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you... Tell you the truth, I've always been a little scared of guns. Thanks, Mr. Holden. We might drop back a little later on. Any time at all, Rangers. Any time. How about it, Clay? You look like the one you chased into the gully last night. I'd like to say it was for sure. It's the same build. But you know how dark it was. Yeah. If he's our man, Jace, he's going to be tough to crack. I know. With his sister to bear him out, he's got a pretty good alibi. The thing we have to do is find the gun he used. Even if we do, we still have to tie Holden to it. You reckon we better have a look through the Crowley Ranch House? Might turn up something. We'll have Mrs. Crowley take us through. Can I go now? Yeah, sorry to keep you waiting, ma'am. Better start back the ranch now. I still got some things to do in town. Well, they'll have to wait. We want to search your home. Be better if you're there. You can't do that. We could get a warrant. It'd save time if you gave us permission. All right, you got permission. Thanks, ma'am. You drive ahead. And remember, we'll be right behind you. The way 
wasting your time, Rangers. You ain't going to find a thing in my brother's room. Maybe we'll agree with you, ma'am, after we're through looking. Jase. I found this in the wastebasket next to the desk. Uh-huh. Empty cartridge box. Yeah, same caliber as the one we found last night. Mrs. Crowley, have you any idea how this got in your brother's room? It must have belonged to my husband. Well, your husband had a revolver, thirty-eight caliber Colt. Shells in this box were made for a thirty-two automatic. Whose were they, ma'am? Well, I... I don't know. Your brother said he spent last night here. Did he? He was here the whole night. I kind of thought you might remember he wasn't here. It could save you a prison term. Prison? What are you talking about? If your brother is the man we want, and you're helping him, you could go to jail for obstructing justice. I got nothing to say. My brother was here at the ranch all last night. Come on, Miss Crowley. Why are you taking me? Down to the constable's office. You can't arrest me. We're not arresting you, ma'am. We'll have to have another talk with your brother. And while we do, we just want to be sure where you are. Expect to see you back so soon. Uh, we didn't expect to be back so soon. Picked up any leads in that partner Harry's you were looking for? I think so. Oh, you know who he is? We got a pretty good idea. Well, I'm right glad to hear. People like that, they all be put away as soon as you can lay a hand on them. That's just the way we feel about it, Mr. Holden. Uh, is, is there anything I can do for you, Rangers? We'd like to take a look at the guns you've got in that rack over there. Guns? Why, sure. Come on over are you interested in buying one? Just looking. Could I see that one? This raffle here? Oh, the 32 automatic above it. Oh, that one. Yeah. Of course, I don't know too much about guns, but people who do know tell me this one's a honey. Here you are, Ranger. Mm. Cleaned and oiled recently, hasn't it? We just got it from the factory a few days ago. That's the way they send them to us. That's so. This one here, it's a different caliber with the same factory, isn't it, Mr. Holden? Yeah, sure. What are you getting at, Ranger? Well, this other gun's hardly oiled at all, just enough to protect it from rust. Are you sure you haven't been using the thirty-two? I told you, I don't know nothing about guns. Clay, there's a little workroom in the back of this place. I saw it when we were here before. How about checking it for cotton waste that might have been used to clean a gun? Sure, Chase. Look, Ranger, I, I got a right to know what this is all about. Sure you have. Take a look at this box. Take a good look. It used to have 32 caliber cartridges in it. We found it in your room. Who let you in there? Your sister. Mr. Holden, we think you were with your brother-in-law, Harry Crowley, last night. You tried to steal calves from the Fuller Ranch. Don't be crazy. I had nothing to do with Harry. You got away from us and you killed a Mexican because you knew he might identify you, didn't you? How do you figure to prove what you're saying? It won't be too hard. Not if Ranger Morgan finds the right piece of cotton waste in the other room. Cotton waste don't mean nothing. It does if a ballistic check shows that this was a gun that killed a Mexican last night. Well, I... Chase, I found that cotton waste full of burnt powder. Wrap it up in paper you're and break... You're not going to get me! Get... Put down that rifle! I'll kill you! Not today! Get dirty! Me! I got him playing! You sure put him to sleep, Jase. But good. He probably needed it. I don't guess he slept much last night.
in just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. Immediately following Tales of the Texas Ranger, stay tuned for The Big Show and its galaxy of stars. Today's Big Show guest list includes Jack Carson, Bob and Ray, James Barton, Vera Lynn, and Tony Bavar. And, of course, The Big Show is presided over by Miss Tolilla Bankhead, with Meredith Wilson directing The Big Show Orchestra and Chorus. Then hear Phil Harris and Alice Fay for 30 minutes of mirth and melody. There's a laugh in every line when it's time for the Phil Harris and Alice Fay Show. Later, there's Theater Guild on the air. And here to tell you about today's program is one of its stars, Miss Dorothy McGuire. Tonight, Theater Guild on the air brings you Henry Bernstein's story, The Thief. It is the story of the eternal struggle between what is true and what man wants to believe is true. It is the story of a young man's belief that his beloved is nothing less than the perfection he imagines her to be. Here, The Thief, presented by Theater Guild on the air tonight on NBC. And now, back to Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. At his trial on July 17, 1937, Al Holden pleaded guilty to murder and cattle theft. His sister, Ruth Crowley, received a two-year prison term for obstructing justice... And Holden was sentenced to life imprisonment at Huntsville Penitentiary. Here, once again, is the star of our show, Joel McRae. Howdy, folks. Ever since that broadcast last year, when I read a poem entitled Not Guilty, we've had requests from judges, lawyers, police officers, and even a jailer in northern Alaska to repeat it. So, here it is. Not Guilty. I guess I've seen a thousand men go in this jail and out, from tramps with month-old whiskers to rich men with a gout. Not one of them was guilty of the crimes the law accused. Seems they were all just victims of some officer's abuse. From the time the keys are rattled until they're locked up in the cell, their voices, though they differ from a whisper to a yell, the song is always just the same that everyone will sing. I don't see why they put me here. I haven't done a thing. Makes no difference what they've done or how mean the crime has been. When they're locked behind those prison bars, they're always free from sin. Though the evidence be solid and their voice with guilt may ring, they'll stand right up and tell you, I haven't done a thing. So long, folks. See you next week. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. included Tony Barrett, Whitfield Connor, Jeanette Nolan, Herb Ellis, and Betty Lou Gerson. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Charles E. Israel, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keats. Hal Gibney speaking. Next. The Big Show brings you 90 minutes of drama, comedy, and music on NBC. And that's Tales of the Texas Rangers with Night Chase, starring Joel McRae, as heard January 27, 1952. Also heard in the cast, Whitfield Connor, Herb Ellis, Jeanette Nolan, 
Tony Barrett, and Betty Lou Gearson, with Hal Gibney announcing, as heard on NBC. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 27 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 27 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two hilarious comedy episodes of Duffy's Tavern, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>